Hello once again, welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. Yes. Standing in once again for the brain, might as well just become regular on the show, our resident NBA insider, Kyle Budzanowski. That hurt. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we have so much to go over today. We're going to be talking AEW's Double or Nothing show. We're going to compare it to WWE's Money in the Bank show and see how much better AEW was or wasn't, depending on your hot takes. I say that in jest. We're going to talk about Juwan Howard is the new Michigan basketball coach. we got some NBA playoff talk, and we're going to be talking at the end some Lions contract possible extension issues. We get to talk about how wrong you were about the NBA playoffs. I know, right? No kidding, right? I might as well call the show. Rob thinks a comment, and it goes the complete opposite way. It's kind of how things work. Lions are going 0-16. See that? Reverse psychiatry. Still going yeah, that's still going in And that's why you're off the show. That's why, right there. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you're not going to be able to get out. All right. Yeah. Let's just jump right in, though. Uh, heavy wrestling, the top half of the show today. Um, double or nothing happened. AEW's first official show. Um, you know, we saw the debut of the new championship. We saw, you know, their production value, which looked really nice. Um, just give me, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Give me your favorite match. And then also just give me your overall thoughts Ooh. on the show. Ooh. Okay, I know what we're going. I'm not going to go. We're not going to go results here fully, just because if you haven't seen the show, yeah. you need to go watch the show. Go pay the fifty bucks and watch. The um, show. if you're gonna, <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna go for one match, yeah, uh, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. Yep. is my um recommendation for best mm-hmm. match of the night, probably for sure. Um, not to spill results or anything for you. Yeah. Um, but I think a very good underrated matchup, not really underrated, was Cody and Dustin. Right, that they was really, the storytelling. Yeah, right? I did. That was like the more storytelling match. Mm-hmm. But I think the Bucks and Lucha Bros was the best match overall. Yeah. As a whole card itself, I thought top to bottom it wasn't bad. I think there were a lot of high, a lot of highs. Then there were some lows that I'm actually nervous about mm-hmm. because when you compare it to WWE shows, yeah. they have a similar feel, mm-hmm. except they have more lows than highs. And I feel like yeah. AEW had more highs. Right. I, I think I think what the, I think what AEW is trying to do is they're trying to appeal to a large to a large audience. Right. They're yeah. trying to give. Um, a mixture of everything, right? Like, for us, that six-women tag match, right, we kind of just kind of threw that to the side, right? But for some people, that may be part, you know, they want to see a strong women's division, right? Maybe that's not, you know, our cup of tea necessarily. I do agree with you that um, there there were some matches that kind of lulled a little bit. Like, I thought um, the tag match between Jack Evans and Helico and... Um, the Best Friends. And the Best Friends. I thought that match did not deliver. No. Um, with the amount of talent that was in that match, I thought that could deliver more. Kyle, I want to ask you, though... You're not you're not the biggest wrestling fan here, especially on the show. But you did you sat with us, you watched the show through and through. Just give me your thoughts. Which which match did you enjoy the most? Um, and if if you can, and then also just give me your thoughts on the show as a whole. You watched wrestling before, obviously, mm-hmm. but I mean, did you like this show? Did you like the presentation? What, give me your initial thoughts as a casual, more lax wrestling fan than most. So coming into the show, I yeah. probably haven't watched any type of wrestling in yeah. a good three years. Yeah. But coming into the show, I was really clueless, honestly. Yeah. But after I really, I asked a lot of questions, obviously. Mm-hmm. But after re- like understanding what's kind of going on, who these people are, yeah. it, it makes it a lot interesting knowing the stories and knowing what the stakes are. Yeah. Like my, obviously, my favorite one was obviously Cody versus yeah. Dustin, Dustin, right? Cody yep. and Dustin, and just and I think I enjoyed it so much as a casual fan, just for like this, just with the story. Yeah. And what like the meaning behind it and right. how it ended mm-hmm. and and it really made me feel like like dang like i this this could really 
especially like you said with the production right. value, it really looks like something that could that could go up against WWE. Mm-hmm. Like I, me and Michael would watch WWE for years and years and years. Right. And it just looked like like I don't know what would be able to beat this. Yeah. Like with right. like the fans and production. Well, value. it's a machine, right? Yeah. It's a machine for sure. Absolutely. I think the crazy part was during the show. You're like, is this a WWE event? Right. Exactly. Or a different right. And, event? and be able to understand the differentiation. Yeah. But like not not being as a casual fan, not knowing the difference mm-hmm. means that they're doing a good job at right. like make it almost look because, like a WWE. Right. Event well, and here's show. the thing too, right? You can have the best product in the world, but if you can't produce it and you can't show it off in a, in a particular way, yeah. right? You're dead before you even begin. I was very happy with their set you know pyro is always nice for those fans who continue to harp on that um i like i said i thought i i really enjoyed the lucha bros young bucks match i really like cody and Dust. i mean all three of those top tier matches were really good i really enjoyed the opening six man tag between yeah. scu and broken hearts i thought that match was a great way to start the show on pay-per-view you know told a nice little story there got scu a win showed off the guys that maybe a lot of north american fans don't even know who those guys were mm-hmm. so it was nice to kind of get them a showcase so are, are we we all agreeing that the show lived up to the hype. Um, yes and no to me. Mm-hmm. I would say yes to like they this this card was a three match card for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And if you look at it through that lens it delivered. Mm-hmm. But I think as a totality of the show, yeah. I'd probably give it around like a B B minus range. Okay. Because I do think for me personally, some like that six woman tag or the mm-hmm. best friends match that could have been amazing mm-hmm. kind of like almost brought it down for me a little bit. There was a big lull there in the middle of the show yeah. there for sure. It was There's almost like how the like, G one show was where yes. like they had all this expectation, but those first like four matches yes. were kinda like getting off to a slow start, like mm-hmm. way too slow for me, which brought the show down a little bit for me. But right. it definitely kicked up at the end, which Probably gives around a B range for me. Right. Kyle, you have a grade for it? I um, mean, yeah, I didn't really know what the hype was. Right. Yeah, yeah. just give me a grade, though. Yeah, like, so Mike's, like, giving, Mike's you, giving it a B. Like, it? like, would you give it B plus, A minus, C? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, just coming in as a casual fan, I'd definitely probably give it a B plus. Yeah. Which there could have been, obviously, the, the, except for the low moment, there could have been a lot more high points. Yeah. But overall, I think as a big yeah. goal, it was, it, was, for sure. it was pretty good yeah. for the first show. Okay, so as a casual fan for you, then... Would you be willing to go watch another one of these? Definitely, yeah, I yeah. would definitely. So there you go, and, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's the goal, that's what right? And that's, the, and that's the accomplishment, right? I will say this though, um, one thing, and I think Mike, you hit on this a little bit before, where I agree with you that the show was definitely a three match card, right? Yeah. I'm agreeing with you on that, but in a certain aspect, this card, and it's getting tons of Ray reviews online, rightfully so. However, this card could have sucked. These matches could have sucked. And they would still be getting good reviews. Like, let's put a little asterisk next to this. And I know we're not trying to be, like, the one group of people who go against the grain here. It's not like we're pro-WWE or anything like that. But it's more of the fact that the the excitement around it, the fact that it's different. And I mentioned on the show a couple weeks ago where sometimes different is just better just because it's different. Mm-hmm. Right? This was different. Okay? No doubt about that. So because of that, they're already going in golden basically yeah. right they would have had to done a lot of things wrong last night or i guess as you guys are hearing this two days ago where it could have been like oh this was a disaster yeah. right they had would have had to do quite a bit to really ruin this show i feel like like nxt's in that same area now yes. so like you're just expecting a shows yes and like it's it takes a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. so you're almost free to do what you want because yes. if you make a mistake in a match, there's mm-hmm. like five matches. If you make a mistake in one match, you make up for it for the other four. Everyone's like, mm-hmm. what a great show. Even right. if it wasn't the best exactly. show you've ever seen. Exactly. Where now the main roster, as we're mm-hmm. going to talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. 
you know, they're not having this great luck and, like, mm-hmm. great run of shows. So now yeah. it's, like, you're almost starting off, like, oh, this is going to suck. Right. I, and then, yeah. like, it's hard like to get out of that hole. Yes, for bad. sure. Like I said, I, I do think they, they're on the – they took a great first step, maybe even yeah. a couple steps. Some some shots were fired uh, on sun, or on Saturday. I think that there was some, you know, there was some – some great surprises. The Super Smash Bros. debuted, which fantastic. Oh if you know who they are, you should look them up. John Moxley, we've we speculated forever. He's in AEW. We're really interested to see his impact, right? These aren't spoilers, folks. This is just stuff that people are reporting. AEW on. tweeted yeah. when the Super Smash Bros. came out, Who are these guys? <laughs> a big question mark. Right, exactly. And I literally go, You don't know who they yeah, are. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, exactly. So I that was funny. So lots and lots of great talent coming your way, right? I'm really interested to see how the show is going to look and we'll talk about that in great depth when they actually debut and premiere and everything you know very excited for that just real quick thought before we move on to wwe thoughts on the title itself the actual AEW championship we talked about a little bit last night but just give me your get it on the record i guess get it on the record yeah i think it looks good i mean what i like about it is it just it's different from everything else in every other Mm -hmm. like sports entertainment realm right now yeah like you could have brought out something that looked like the world heavyweight title and just put aew in the middle or yeah, something like like tna does and mm-hmm. stuff they all their titles look the same yeah. but this one looks like completely different it's like unique to them yeah and if all their titles look like that it's going to make the show look very unique yes and like, yes. And well, like yeah, yeah. our stuff's just, like yeah like custom made right. almost just for just for people's reference to if you are a longtime wrestling fan you know the history the title looks a lot uh there's a lot of influence from the old mid-south north american championship back in the 70s and 80s so that's kind of where they're getting it from kind of just the thought on the actual belt itself a lot of belt marks out there listening to the show so and i am one of them where i really enjoy the the designs and everything so give me just your thoughts on on the belt itself you know before we switch topics mm-hmm. so being a uh, i would say casual fan i thought it looked very shiny and cool yeah, yeah. and there was a lot of jewels and it sparkled yeah. mm-hmm. and so i was and it sparkled yeah i was pretty fascinated <laughs> i was pretty fascinated there's only one that yeah. i thought is better I think it's one of the best, but there's only one that's better. Yeah, it's this one. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's right. And that's baby. all I got to say. That's right. That's yeah, exactly. That's and that's why I like. That's why Kyle's on the show. That's yeah. why he's back. Welcome back. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's shift exactly now from now. AEW to a second to the other promotion. I can't believe we're saying it in that way, but WWE ran Money in the Bank two weeks ago or last week, whatever, and. Show got mixed results, right? Yes. I think they did some good things. I think they did some bad things. Now, I'm not going to go through every match. We don't need to do that. No, um, but I do want to talk about specifically the both the latter matches because that's really the money. Okay. That's really the point that I really want to hammer home here. Thoughts? Obviously, Kyle, you, you weren't with us, so I'm just going to direct this to you, Mike. Bailey wins Money in the Bank for the women's and then cashes in later in the night to win SmackDown Women's Championship, yeah. right? And then we got Brock Lesnar as the <laughs> surprise entrant. Uh, coming in at the last second, basically literally just walking up and grabbing the case and walking out of the ring. Yes. Um, thoughts on the winners of the Money in the Bank this year? Just as a fun point to say before I start talking about this, yeah. I heard that there's a rumor going around that Ali was told that he was going to win the match. So Other people he... were. Other people were told that Ali was oh, really? Ali was the only one told that... Yeah, Brock's gonna come out and. Oh really? Okay, because yeah. I thought because yeah. none of the other led, everybody else thought, said that. Yeah, I thought that like because he grew, he was about to go grab it. Yeah. and Lesnar came out and his face after I heard that I was like, wow, that really correlates. Yeah, to right. Yeah, like, exactly. They probably had no idea he was coming out yes. and stuff. That would be awesome. <laughs> but um, as a card as a whole, yeah. Um, I thought the ladder matches were actually very good. Yeah. I thought the men's one really lived up for the guys that they had in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. There are a lot Absolutely. of Balor. It was a better money than I don't know how Balor's not dead right now because yeah. he took 
probably three of the most gruesome spots yes. I've seen in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys one was awesome. The female one, I just I feel like there's just a problem with the females running a money in the bank ladder match. Yeah, it's hard, and it's almost like that in. Instead of saying like a lot like Hell in a Cell yep. or Royal Rumble and all this stuff, where yeah. like they're just not like I think it's hard to garner intensity in that way, right? To yeah. be creative and in and have those in you know things where you have those massive spots because it just doesn't look the same. Yeah. Nothing on them. They yeah. gave it their best, right? They still took some pretty good bumps, but I agree with you. Yeah. I think it's just there's harder a, yeah, there's to point, navigate that. Yeah, there's one point where they're about to like smash. I think like Naomi with a ladder, right. but like they sit there and they're like, "Are you ready?" Go and then yeah, like they exactly. came at her. And then she did the split, but like it, yes. it looked like everyone had like set up and go. Okay, or, like, yeah. when you're right, the, stop now. Go. Yeah, right. when you're in the guys, when the guys just kind of go full force at it, yes. and like it just kind of is like yeah. a thing for and sure. So whatever. thoughts on Bailey winning women's money in the bank? I thought it was a. Um, I thought she was gonna win. Yeah. If we did a prediction show, I would have right. picked her to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not have picked her to actually cash in on the same night. Just because of what last year happened. Yeah, right. I, I didn't think they were gonna do two years in a row the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought the Becky Lynch thing would be, would have been switched. I thought that um, she, Lacey Evans was gonna win and Charlotte was gonna lose. Yeah, but the way they did it, the, I think, the way I think they did it made it makes sense. sense. Right, yeah. for sure. Um, thoughts on Brock winning Money in the Bank? Um. I'm not a big fan, mm-hmm. and if Rollins loses the title to him, I will cancel the subscription probably. Really? Yeah. Well, you're that upset about it. Yeah. I mean, it's I, just. Listen, it's I agree. One, I mean, I, it's just one of those things. Like, why is he like doing right. it? Right. right. Well, here's the pro. I think the, there's twofold. I think when you when you read reports, right, and obviously maybe this some of this is leaked, some of this is opinion based, right. But when you read reports that that WWE is going to take the money in the bank seriously again, right, because for the past couple of years it's been it's been useless, yeah. you know, Braun, Baron Corbin, it's it just hasn't been what it used to be, and so by them coming out and saying or at least being reported that yeah we're gonna whoever wins the money in the bank this year we're gonna strap a rocket to him and he's gonna become a top guy. So to do that, and you had a lot of talent in that match. Yeah. To then just have Brock come out and win it, he's already a top guy. And if reports are true that he's just going to cash in and he's just going to face whoever at this crown jewel or whatever, Super Super Showdown, what the hell you want to call it, it's all stupid, Um, whatever you want to call that against Rollins, then you've wasted yet again another year of this this thing where you were, in my opinion, the money in the bank is one of the more, it's like the Royal Rumble. You don't know who's going to win, really, right? Yeah. Like you don't, you don't, you know, there's a, theoretically there's an endless amount of possibilities, and so and the guy you go with, it's like, all right, this is the, this is going to be the new guy, right? This is the guy they're going to try to elevate to that spot. I, you know what I mean? Whether it was McIntyre, whether it was you know Ricochet, whether it was Andrade, whoever, I don't care. The point is, is that you had a lot of talent in that ring that could have definitely used the money in the bank as a as a as a launch point. For them to get into that main event scene where you are desperately lacking main event talent right now, and instead you gave it to a guy who's been champion for the past five years. Yeah, my thing is, I just get annoyed because I go, I look into it, yeah. and I'm just like, you could, like, let me think of how I'm going to say this before yeah. I get really angry. <laughs> um, the last couple years, they've really, like, they, right. the guy who wins it yeah. literally just cashes in, like, the night after. Yeah. Like, the last one that actually won it is like Rollins held it for like nine months, mm-hmm. waited till WrestleMania and cashed in in a great moment. Mm-hmm. That was the last like great cash in right. that ever right. happened. Like now it's like, you know, Corbin cashed in three days later on SmackDown yeah. or Braun cashed in the next pay per view or it's almost like they don't care about it. So mm-hmm. they're like, 
we have to do this money in the bank thing. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to do it. But whoever wins it is just going to get rid of it. I know. And rid of it right away. And it's such a valuable thing where, thing. like, yes. you could keep, like, the champions fighting somebody, but they have to keep looking over their shoulder Correct. every five seconds. Correct. Someone could be coming down. It's just, if nothing else, it's the surprise. It's yeah. all it is, is it's just like anytime the title is defended. Or that champion fights on the show, especially with this whole wild card thing where you got champions going yeah. everywhere, you got everybody going everywhere. You literally never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. Which, which this could make the wild card interesting if mm-hmm. it was used right. Because if McIntyre wins it, he just shows up randomly on both shows, yes. and he's like, "I could cash in right now if I right, wanted to." Exactly. Kind of thing. Like you're like, you never yeah. know what's going to happen. I agree. Now with him just ca- like Bailey cashing on the night of, yep. and then you have Lesnar catching at Super Showdown. Yep. Now you don't even have that fear of that All right. as a champion. All right, let's just shift. We're going to be here forever if we keep talking about this show. We'll talk more after the Super Showdown show and see if it was worth uh, worth it. But I want to talk a little bit too about this twenty four seven championship <laughs> that they debuted the night after Money in the Bank. Now, Kyle, for you who are not aware, right? WWE came out with this rule, right? It's a new championship. Basically, it's on the line all the time. So no matter where you're at, as long as there's referees present, you can get pinned and beat, and someone else can beat you for the title. Yeah. So okay? you could be at, like, McDonald's. Right, ordering a sandwich. I come in, Mike's my referee. I roll you up for a 1-2-3. I'm the 24-7 champion now. It's that. It's that supposed to be the yeah. thing, right? And the logic behind it, obviously, is to increase the time and, and to give more meaning to the segments, maybe for some lower-card guys. Um, who, you know, it just adds some more comedic value. It makes you want to watch possibly, you know, in between where you're not changing the channel so much. It's like, okay, well, there's our truth. He's champion and so on and so forth. But I just want to get your thoughts, guys, not on the actual championship itself, because as contrast to the AEW championship, this thing is uglier than sin. So because of that, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, pretty much. So. I do want to talk about, though, just the concept um, about it. Mike, just give me your thoughts on the 24-7 championship. I mean, don't take the design portion out of it. I mean, you can call it whatever the hell you want, but the, the thought of, okay, championship's on the line again no matter what. Um, Similar to what the hardcore title was. I like it, except when they were explaining it, it was really confusing. And convoluted, correct. Because like they were like, oh, it can only it's gonna be on Raw, but it's only gonna be in the third hour. But I'm like, if it's twenty four seven, it could be in the first two hours. Right. So I don't know why that was said. Right. He's like, Yeah, sometimes it might not be on SmackDown. I was like, but it's twenty four seven. Yeah. So it should be on SmackDown. Yeah. Um so all of this was made right. very, very confusing as it was going on. Mm-hmm. But as a as a concept, if they actually do it twenty four seven and I think it could be awesome because now with the network, you can do like episodes of Ride Along, mm-hmm. and you could just have someone come out of nowhere and pin our truth in a Ride Along episode, right. and have him like be a new sure. champion on not even like a show of anything. Right. Yeah, like, he could be doing a, an interview for another show, and all of a sudden he comes in, he gets yeah. clotheslined, and he loses yeah, like him. he goes on main event or when he's like. Right. Oh, I'm gonna be champion forever, and someone just rolls him up and pins him real quick. Exactly. And now he's not champion. Now it's like now you have to watch all of these shows almost to see mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. Right. I think this title could be an awesome way to bring people up now. Mm-hmm. If like you're like even like undisputed era, mm-hmm. if you're Adam Cole and you just kind of walk in and like pin the champion on SmackDown, you're like, no, yeah. I have to be on. Right. I can be on SmackDown. And now. it is open NXT stars, right? Yeah. It's open NXT guys, UK NXT UK. Uh, 205 Live, it's open to everybody, yeah, so, right? So there's I a think lot of a, possibilities. It's a great way to move people around without yes. really like moving people around, per yes, se. I agree. Um, testing people out. I think, it, I think it allows to... Um, it, it's almost like the thing to where, like for house show business, too, 
seeing a title change. Yeah. Title changes don't happen very often nowadays, right? So when they do happen, it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, outside of pay-per-views especially. So, like, t- tag titles, Intercontinental title, whatever, they change hands on a Raw or SmackDown. You're like, oh, crap. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that was pretty cool. So to have this where it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, okay, now this guy's champion. Even, like, the first night, they had three champions, right? Mm-hmm. So... The fact that you're able to see kind of, you know, the if we go to a Raw house show, you know, it's here in Detroit or whatever, we go there. Okay, we saw so-and-so become 24-7 champion, right? WWE title is on every show, is on every house show, right, usually, and it's never changes hands. But that kind of thing could, you know what I mean? It makes the, you never want to miss when WWE is in your town because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it adds... Exactly, right? For whatever reason, you know? So I think it allows people who maybe are... You know, it gives people who don't necessarily have a main storyline something to do, right? It adds some comedic value. It makes you want to watch the entire show just to see what happens. You know, the archery thing that kept coming back, I think he's a perfect guy for them to use it because he's so funny, because he's entertaining. Um, a guy that they could kind of build that around almost, you know, where it's like, okay... He's a champion. He's going to do a lot of comedic skits. They catch him. They don't catch him. He's similar to Crash Holly, basically, is, you know, is how you want to compare that to. So I'm very interested to see, you know, kind of what where they go with that. Do so. you have any opinions on a 24-7 title, Kyle? Um, going off what you told me, I I, I love the thought of it. Like, yeah. you're thinking that he's just chilling wherever. Yeah. And he just gets one, two, three, one, two, three, McGregor, and he's <laughs> and, and um, I... Other than that, like, yeah. I, mean, I think it'd be as a person who likes yeah. like funny stuff. I think it'd be hilarious. I yeah, I think there's a lot of things yeah. you yeah. can do. There yeah. used to be like the hard workouts. They would like fight at like McDonald's, like in right. a place set. Yeah, guy would go, you guys people. going down a slide. Like, when the I, camera guys when going I see down that, slide I think of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin in the, in the grocery store. Yeah, in the grocery store. exactly. Yeah, yeah. you exactly. just be walking around buying groceries, and some guy comes around trying to pin him. Like, yeah, it's like funny comedic stuff like that. Yeah, I'd find it hilarious. Right, and I think I think you are allowing that. Right, where okay, now we're gonna post on YouTube. Like, you you miss this, you know, whatever like that. So, oh my gosh, we got a new twenty four. Like. Anytime you can theoretically have breaking news, news. you know what I mean? News, so yeah. kind of keeps people in the forefront. I appreciate them at least trying. Obviously, I know people were upset that it wasn't the Hardcore Championship, but guys, it's PG. They're never going to be hardcore again the way you think it's going to be, okay? If you want that, watch AEW. They're TV 14, so a little bit yeah, different, you know what I mean? So there's obviously some compare and contrast. I'm interested to see how this progresses between both companies. Um, we saw two big shows by them in back-to-back weekends, so it was nice to kind of see the product. And we're hoping, right, mm-hmm. that because this AEW show went as well and it's been so well-received that WWE starts stepping up their game a little bit. And if that's the case, it's better for everybody, yeah. especially us as fans. I do want to make one quick announcement, though. This 24-7 rule thing, this 24-7 title, kind of gave me a bit of, like, gave me some thoughts. So going forward, the I'm Always Right Championship is now 24 Seven. So, so the br- So exactly. So okay. later in this episode, we're going to crown our first ever oh. "I'm Always Right" champion. Emma had been walking around with it for a long time. I finally got it out of her hands, so we could have it back on the show. That's why it wasn't here last week, is because she wouldn't give it to me. So we have it on the show. She hasn't been on the show in a few months now. So we're crowning a brand new champion in the middle of the show tonight. So. Be prepared for that. I didn't even know After that. the break, we're going to be talking Jawan Howard, the new Michigan coach. We're talking NBA playoffs and why the Warriors are awesome still. And we're talking some Lions, Darius Slay, Snacks, Harrison content. All of that and more after the break. Stick around.
Hey guys, this is the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika from the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Just reminding you that we are live every single Monday at 7 in the morning on your favorite streaming services. All five major sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and professional wrestling. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast every Monday, 7 a.m. See you there. Alright, and welcome back to part two of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast, episode 26. We're... Almost over a quarter way to a hundred. I don't know what we're gonna do for the hundredth episode. We gotta do something. We're gonna like do something cool. Super cool. I don't know what we're gonna do. Maybe right. you guys will give me money or something. I don't know. It'll be Can fun. Go comment tr- or in a compactor and like compact it. I mean, if you want to commit murder live, I guess. But I don't know. It's probably this is probably gonna get taken down by YouTube now because we're talking about this. You know, yeah. That's fine. All right. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk. Jawan Howard, your new Michigan basketball coach. Um, he's replacing John Beeline. Former member of the Fab Five, assistant coach of the Heat, won a championship there. Um, has been interviewed for NBA coaching jobs. He's never coached college basketball before. Um, LeBron, Dwayne Wade seem to be really thrilled. The rest members of the Fab Five seem to be really excited about it. And I have a little bit of a tidbit. I kind of want to throw some shade at Jalen Rose here for a second. Um, but I want to first, let's get your guys' thoughts on the hire. And do you think he's going to be able to recruit with his connection to the Fab Five? Let's, you know, so yeah. Kyle, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on Juwan Howard's coach, and then is, is the recruiting going to take a dip, or do you think it's going to be stay the same or even better with him at the helm? I think it was a, a pretty good hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than like maybe a couple of the top of the line NBA coaches that you had a chance or didn't have a chance of hiring, right. I think it was probably the best out of the, your group, except for maybe like. Texas Tech's head coach. Yeah, maybe if you got him. But if he was, if he was gonna leave, he may not yeah. just wanted to leave, right? Yeah, for but sure. I think that's the best you probably could have gotten with the Fab Five connection. I think that's also uh, also gonna help with recruiting. I mm-hmm. think you're gonna have um, pretty much better recruiting going forward. But then the lack of coaching experience is where you're gonna get hurt. But I mm-hmm. think recruiting wise, I th- I know they lost like they've lost a couple. They yeah, got, they've right. gained a couple back. Of course. But I think oh through the years recruiting wise you're going to be getting some bigger names with the Fab Five connection. Mm-hmm. And but I'm just worried about how the team will do with right. the lack of well, experience. I, well, I think I think one thing that's going to be imperative for Juwan Howard is the ability to hire some good assistant coaches, mm-hmm. right? And to be able to hire a guy who is who has been a head coach at the college level before. I agree with you. Like when Juwan Howard first got hired, ESPN was like Fab Five all day, like yeah. just showing thr- like those are the kind of things that that you know high school athletes are looking at, like oh my gosh, like this is on ESPN all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can go play for this. I'm going to get some publicity, right? And winning, that's the other thing. And I want to talk. We're going to talk about Michigan's upcoming season in a second. But Mike, same question to you. Thoughts on the hire, and do you think recruiting takes a dip? Um, I thought it was a good hire. Um, I think recruiting is about the same mm-hmm. as what Beeline was there. Yeah. Um, the Fab Five connection really helps. Yes. But you haven't seen him coach yet. Right. I think so it kind of masks think, that yeah, a little bit, right? That's, that's kind of the problem is um, after this first year, you'll see if you know if they have a 500 record or something. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go, well, he can't coach. Right. And then that's going to be your problem trying to get guys here is, hey, come play for Michigan. Hey, you can't coach. Yeah. That's a, that could be a big issue that you have. Right. Whereas Beeline wasn't like the biggest name out there, mm-hmm. but Beeline could coach his. And he won. And he won. And he won stuff. So I guess it's going to really long-term be Mm -hmm. the success Mm -hmm. over just being known as like the Fat Five guy I think, or whatever. I, I agree with you. So. I think I think he may get a pass this first year just yeah. because they lost three starters like right off the bat, right? Poole's gone, Matthews is gone, and Iggy's gone, right? Yeah. So I, he's not coming into the best situation. I, I People say, oh, he's got Teske, he's got Xavier Simpson. I'm like, yeah, but those guys, they're not the same, right? Like, I'm sorry. Xavier Simpson is a liability offensively. He is, really. Like, he's not... 
He can't shoot the basketball. He can only do a hook shot. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. But it's really like playing. You wonder why Michigan's offense becomes stagnant at times because you're really playing four on five. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's hard to have somebody like that. Regardless, um, I like the hire of Jawan Howard. I think I know some people weren't as high on it because they thought it was a safe hire because, you know, he's a Michigan guy. That's why they hired him. They didn't. I'm like, but if you truly believe that NBA people were going to, you know, I know it's a different game. However, if you're able to use that connection to the Fab Five and use the fact that, okay, I've coached in the league. I've won as an assistant in the league. I was up for jobs for the NBA, right? I think yeah. that's a good selling point. I do want to make a quick mention, though, about Jalen Rose because Jalen Rose went on first take in a couple of shows and we're like, oh, this puts all the beef away from the Fab Five between me and Chris Webber and all these other things. It's going to bring us all together because we're not going to want to bring that drama to to Michigan. And, I, and my only concern with that, well, first off, great, cool, but also who the hell cares? And the, why I say that is, it's not about the Fab Five anymore. Your time is done, right? It's it's about Jawan Howard now. It's about Jawan Howard's ability to lead this team. I don't care about Chris Webber. I don't care about Jalen Rose. I don't care about their beef. It, it that has nothing to do with the the uh, the quality of job that Jawan Howard is going to do. You want to support the guy? Cool, but Jawan Howard's hiring at Michigan has nothing to do with Chris Weber or Jalen Rose. So I found that a little bit alarming to see, like, uh, you're trying to make this more about yourself and about an issue that no one really gives that many craps about anymore to, you know, to a situation where it's like, it's out of the realm. I get it. You're all part of the Fab Five. And I'm glad that you guys are going to be there to help recruit. Totally cool. But... I don't care whether or not you squash your beef. I don't care about any of that because the reality, if Juwan Howard, like you said, if he can't coach and this team goes sub-500 next year, we got bigger problems than Chris Webber and Jalen Rose arguing over you know who likes what sandwiches. Okay, I'm just not about that. Um, give me your expectations for him, though, year one, Juwan Howard. Is, is it just – is it attorney bid? Is it – you know, is it keeping the status quo? Do you expect them to compete for a Big Ten championship? Give me, you know, give me just like bare bones. Like, give me a line where they got to get to. Oh, uh, my line is have to be top three in the Big Ten East. Mm-hmm. Um, have a decent um, Big Ten tournament run. Yeah. Not expecting a win the first year. Yeah. Get like, you know, two, one or two games in, you mm-hmm. know, win a game or two. Yeah. And then enter the tournament and yeah. try to do some good stuff in the tournament. Do you think? I, I would say. Um, a good spot would be Sweet 16, maybe like getting to the round of 32, yes. depending on who you play. I can, I can get um, that. Right. I'd be, I would say, you know, that was a really good a tournament bid, for... right? Losing some starters, right? So having to reload and getting to the tournament and winning a game in the tournament. Yeah. I feel well, like because I don't a... think there'll be a one, two, no, three, they're four not. Seed. They're not. They're probably gonna be more of like an eight, nine seed. Yes. And when you're looking at that, then you're playing, you know, like a Seton Hall or something mm-hmm. in the first round. If you can get through that, and then you'll probably play like in Kentucky or something. Or right. Duke. And then you lose there. Then you but... lose there. You actually, it's like a respectable. Right. I, I think that'd be. I think it's a season. fair assessment for what you have currently on the roster. Um, Kyle, same question. What's what's your line? Where do they need to go? Is it a tournament win? Is it NIT? What is it like? Bare bones. Uh, <laughs> uh, bare bones. I think they should at least get a little run in the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. And as far as the big tournament is, the not the Big Ten. The the tournament is sixty-four man tournament. Yeah. As far as that tournament is concerned, I feel like they can compete. I wouldn't expect much past like the round of thirty-two. Mm-hmm. I feel like they get a win in maybe two, but. I forgot this. I forgot to uh, state this, but even though he has no coaching experience, we we like. What if he can coach out of his mind? 
Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, that's no like, doubt. Yeah, for that's sure. Good. I mean, I, he's got to be. He, he's sure he has some type of coaching experience because a lot of guys are really excited that he got hired. So I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'm obviously we don't know yet, but if he can, if he has like a good, co- I know yeah, we lost a savant, players. All of a sudden, but like, if, like, oh shit, <laughs> if he can coach, then I I could definitely see Michigan right. going much. Oh, deeper oh than listen, if for sure. If I'm just talking minimum. Like, all right, if the season goes the worst possibly it can go, where I don't feel like, oh my gosh, we got the wrong guy. Yeah. What's the yeah. worst that could happen for you? You're like, you know, I don't feel like a tournament bid is that hard to obtain yeah. at Michigan. You know what I mean? So yeah. like. If you don't make the tournament next year, that's a massive step back. Yeah. I get you lose three if starters. If you lose but... like first or second round of the Big Ten tournament, then you're right, like... Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And then to yeah. your point, if you get coach like B-Line can coach or better, yeah. then yeah. you're all set because you can recruit probably better than B-Line can. And then if you can coach up to B-Line's level or better, mm-hmm. then you're in a fantastic situation. Right, absolutely. Where you, but then your stakes go up. Like You should be getting final fours at that mm-hmm. point. Then. Yeah, exactly. And that's where then you that's get, where you get uh, a little that, sketchy. Yeah. I'm with you, for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I, I do think it was a bit of a safe hire, but once again, let's see how it plays out. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to get a guy that's yeah. a Michigan man. but I would say He probably would have been like my third option. Or yeah. fourth option probably, yeah. but knowing that the first two or three probably weren't even available anyway. Right. Like um, Billy Donovan from OKC probably mm-hmm. wasn't even available, right. or the Texas Tech guy. Yeah. If those two aren't available, he's probably like the right. guy I would have. Exactly. Anyway, for sure. So. For sure. All right. Let's shift now from the college ranks. Let's go to the pros here. Uh, you know, we I basically said it straight out. I thought the Bucks were going to win in yeah. probably five. Clearly, that did not happen. As the Raptors won in six, so you know, calling me embarrassed, but. With that being said, we got the Warriors, we got the Toronto. Raptors. It's the weirdest matchup ever, yeah, but it's cool. I want I want you to call it before anything happens right now. Kyle, I'm gonna start with you. Who do you got? Uh, definitely Warriors. Okay. Uh, if it Warriors was, and how many? Warriors and five. Five. Yeah. Warriors and five. If it was Bucks, I could see it going to six or seven. Mm-hmm. But I just don't. I mean, I'm probably right. super wrong. It'll probably be six or seven. <laughs> it's, Game it's, seven. It's Toronto and three. How did that happen? <laughs> Dang, that's that's weird. They, they just eliminated a game altogether. They, <laughs> they just gave up. <laughs> but no, yeah. I've, unless the Bucks were in it, I don't really see how this works. Unless Kawhi wants to play like out of his mind. But if he plays over three right. minutes, then he starts like. Right. But maybe Drake could save them. I don't know if he signs up for the team. The final. He just keeps touching people on the sidelines. It's inappropriate. It's fine. He All right. Ball call, call, yes. call. Mike, same question. Warriors, Raptors, what game? Who you got? I'll go against the green for a minute here. Okay. I'll go Toronto in six. Wow. Maybe they do seven. have home court. You know, they do have they home, do home court. court. Seven with a buzzer beater by Kawhi. Yes. 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 Talk about I'll a moment. That. Yeah, Seriously. that would be amazing. Um, I say that, um, hopefully, it's sad to say, I hope KD comes back, Mm -hmm. because I think when KD comes back, ball movement, everything's just going to get all whack, Mm -hmm. and I do think Kawhi, even though you do say after 30 minutes he looks winded as crap, he also did go on like a 17-0 spurt by himself against the Bucks to bring him into contention to eventually win win that that game, game. so, um, when you're able to do that, you're, I mean, he is the closest thing to LeBron level that there is in this playoff right now. Oh, yeah. And it's sure. not even, like, debatable right now. Yeah. Like, he's by himself putting up, like, 35, 40 points a game kind of stuff. Yeah, he's really carrying you know, Toronto Yeah, right now, he, it's, sure. it's looking a lot like last year's Cavs team with LeBron, except Toronto has a way better supporting cast. Oh, for sure. Meaning, I do think they could... If they could steal a few games is what I'm really betting on here. Right. Is if you can make it a three-game series... Do you think game one... Do you think game one... 
is a tipping point either way. Do you think like if the Warriors come in and blow them out by fifteen? No, I don't think one, that, that. I don't think that really no? impacts. Well, because you saw the Bucks do it too, right? Like it. Like I feel like no, but the difference being though, it's at it's in Toronto though, right? Because Toronto has home court, yeah. right? So if if the Warriors go into Toronto, game one, beat them by fifteen. Even if Toronto evens the series at one and one, going to Golden State, then. Do you yeah. think? Do you think that they? Do you think they survive? Like that is it, a. It's, if anything, it's, uh, it makes it a lot tougher. If they don't right. win game one, right? Because mm-hmm. then going into the Warriors, if you lose both Warriors ones, you're down three one, mm-hmm. and mathematically odds are, right. odds are you're very low. Only yeah. one team really can do that. Yeah. Anyway, we get it. You like LeBron? <laughs> the he's not. He's, not, the he's not in the playoffs. Okay, yeah, he no, missed totally. the playoffs. He didn't accept the playoffs. it, it and now nobody will watch the finals. Good lord, nobody wanted to watch him get swept again. Anyway, it's no, fine. I don't want to watch him get swept. Okay, <laughs> I will blame Jarrett Smith for that. It's fine. He didn't I, know that they. He thought they had the lead. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Anyway, <laughs> so all right. So you got. So you got Raptors in six. Okay. I'll take Raptors in six. All right. Would be shocked if it goes to seven. Yeah. But I got war. Sure. I got Warriors in six. I think that. I think Toronto puts up a fight early. Then the one they. I think they the steal from Golden State early on, and I think they can. I think it goes back and forth a little bit. I think each team steals one from each other. I basically. do too. I think. I think this ends up being a three game series. Yes. I think it's two two right. game five. Right. And then I think game five is the most important game of the entire series. Because mm-hmm. if Warriors take game five, they'll take game six. Yes. If Toronto takes game five, Warriors, Warriors have to take game Warriors six. Warriors take game six, and then right. it could reach seven. seven. Right. It's kind of like where I'm For sure. feeling it. For right sure. Now. Absolutely. Okay, um, I'm very interested to see. I want to talk about this, though, a little bit. Um... Two things. I want to first ask you, is this the last time the Warriors, now this is their fifth straight finals, right? And is this the last time we're ever going to see such a dominant team? Now, LeBron went by himself, right? Yeah, but he didn't go a single team. Right. So, with that being said, is this the last time we're ever going to see dominance by one organization, Patriot-esque, I guess is the best way of putting that, ever? Like, it's a perfect storm for the Warriors, right? Salary cap increases. Kevin Durant becomes a free agent. Well, it's willing to take less money to come there. You drafted Steph. You drafted Clay. You drafted Draymond. You're able to sign Iguodala. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, like, perfect scenarios that happen for this Warriors team to get where they're at, right? Now, hard work aside, right? Just the framework of the team. Yes. So, with, with that, are we ever going to see something like this again? Ever. I have my answer. Kyle, you go first. Um, I think. Hi. <clears throat> oh, good morning. <laughs> um, so, um, after the Warriors finally diminish and they Steph Curry gets old and they lose all these players, <laughs> and they get old. <laughs> so yeah, because they're still old there. Right. Like, yeah. I, for I don't sure. know if they will, but but once it, once that team kind of diminishes, I feel like it's gonna it's probably gonna be a while until you see another team that can just draft. I'm not. I'm great. not saying. I'm not saying be dominant. I'm saying five straight finals. You're going to win now three in a row more than likely, right? Let's just say they'd win this one, right? Win three in a row, four out of five, five, Mm -hmm. right? And that's just as of right this moment. They can still do more. So I'm not saying even dynasty two out of three in a row. I'm talking straight finals, put them in, they're in there every time. Mm-hmm. I yeah, it's it's probably be years, maybe decades, but I feel like if a team can get lucky enough to draft that many great people, mm-hmm. I feel like you will see it. But it's going to be a lot more difficult and a lot yeah. more 
just time. It's just going to be a while. Yeah. Okay. Like, because if you think about it, they got so lucky with two of the greatest shooters of all time, Draymond, who's right, defensively for sure. yeah, great. falling in the second round. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's so hard to think about how this team got put together in the first place. Yeah. So my the same question. I, I mean, are we ever going to see this again? Uh, we'll never see it again. And here's why: you come in and the league up to the point of 2015, mm-hmm. 2014 was you know big men getting to the rim and attacking the rim and scoring right now with the warriors evolution of the game mm-hmm. now you're going into the three point range mm-hmm. i take it as threes are better than twos mm-hmm. that's how i look at the game so the warriors found that out with their best shooting ever with adding KD and all that you just added so much three point shooting and so much space right. off the court that right. um, you're able to do this this and it can't. This I don't think can be repeated mm-hmm. because every other team now is change transitioning to it. Right. The Warriors were the first one to like start it up, right. and that's why they and were they're the they, best at it. Yeah, and they're best <laughs> at it. So they were basically they got up to this. It's like a race yeah. where you got like a fifty meter advantage, mm-hmm. and now you're just running, mm-hmm. and you're like everyone else is following you, trying to keep catch up, but you're just so far ahead. They, they thought of this idea, they got these shooters, yep. and now they got to this point where no one else was at, and by the time everyone's shifting over, yeah. they're already the best at it. Right. Now, like say when the Warriors diminish, and say whoever, the Rockets, are the next best shooting team, team right. or whatever, now there's 15 other teams in the league that are also top-tier three-point shooting teams. Right. And right. it's never going to go back to, oh, let's dish it into the paint and score in the paint, because threes beat twos, and right. eventually you'll go down by 15, and you have to shoot threes. Right. So with that being said, I don't think there's a way that um, any other team can do this, because by the time the Rockets or even like the Pistons get a great mm-hmm. three-point shooting team, Everyone else is gonna be great at three point shooting. Right, right. That's a that's a great that's a great way to look at it. It really is because, like you said, it's it's a perfect storm. Yeah. Right. That that we're seeing right now. It's a historic run really that we're seeing. You know, I mean, this this era of basketball is seeing not only probably the most dominant team, right, individual really team in a successive streak. Right. Even the Bulls had two years off when Jordan was gone. Yeah. So I mean, they had three and three. But outside of that specific thing, and obviously the Celtics in the '60s, where there was only ten teams in the league as a total, you're not you have never seen this before, you know. And, and along with the fact that you've seen you know the greatest player of this generation as well, with LeBron doing what he's doing, individual success, team success, it's crazy that you're yeah. seeing all this kind of all in the same time. I want to shift now a little bit from Warriors Raptors talk um, to I want to talk about the Bucks for a second. They lose in six. Giannis probably more than likely going to be the MVP. I had to guess this year, right? Yeah, I know you don't like the way the MVP set up, but he's probably going to be no. the MVP. So if we if we pencil that in for now, they lose in six. They are up 2-0. They blew that lead, and you're right. And so and he goes out in his press conference, throws a little bit of a fit, leaves the press conference. You know, doesn't say a whole lot, doesn't answer. This is the price. Of being a superstar, right? Yeah. Everything's great when you're dominating yeah. and it's going your way, right? When you're beating the Pistons by 35 and you're putting up 49 points a game in a yeah. series, everything's fantastic. Yeah. You're happy, you know, happy joy, joy. When you blow a 2-0 lead to a team that you should have been better than, mm-hmm. and now you're out and you cannot face the music, right? I think he's getting, and I think he's finally understanding that a little bit. How does Giannis bounce back? And do you think he is? reacting appropriately to what just happened. I get you're pissed. I understand that. 
But being, being pissed and acting like a professional and standing up yeah. and saying, listen, we didn't get the job done, yeah. those two different things. I think that's there's one thing that LeBron, everyone can knock him, is amazing at, is when they lose, right. he goes, yeah. I didn't play good enough. Right. Like, he will openly, like the Warriors, mm-hmm. he loses, you know, that game one, and he's mad at JR for whatever right. he did. George Hill didn't make that free. All that stuff happens. He goes, our team just has to come out and play better. Like, that's, like, right. the bottom line. And I think Giannis really needs to, like, take the summer and just go, like, take that into consideration. Like, right. I didn't play my best, and they can't win without my best. Yeah. And he, like, it's just, he's just going to have to learn it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of superstars that have that problem. I think. And it's a tough thing to get over, like oh, for being sure. one of the best players, winning sixty-five games or whatever, and then yeah. losing um, yeah, in right. the conference finals and even make the finals as the best team as the overwhelming favorite. But I think it's a bad look for him right now, mm-hmm. and um, I just don't think it's rough. A, I just don't think it's appropriate. I get it. You're under. I understand. You're frustrated. You, you, you're you're mad. You're angry. You're you're upset. You're disappointed. What all the emotions? I totally understand. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're a professional athlete. You're supposed to be the best in the world, right? You're the MVP, quote unquote, right? You're, you know, one of the best. Okay, you're the favorite. You're the number one seed. You had home court advantage. You lost that, and you then decided, okay, I'm not going to answer questions because I'm upset. I understand it, but you can't do both. You can't love everybody and be like, this is great when everything's going awesome, but then also say, you know, and, and come out, like the James Harden give me a chance uh, thing all over you again. You want, want me to pinpoint this exact situation in football? Yeah. Cam Newton Super Bowl football. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Well, he he's just going to move right, and you're happy, you're happy, and he's doing the Superman. He wins every game by 30, and then yep. you lose in the Super Bowl, and you're like, right. Oh, yeah, I don't want to talk about nothing. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, I want to mope. I want to cry. I want to do all these things. It's not a good look, man. No. It's not. You need to... Almost same, like grow Kyle, up. same question to you. How and how does he bounce back? I guess give me that. How does Giannis bounce back from this? He's got to come back better. Their team is going to be pretty much intact for the most part. Honestly, I don't think anybody's going to be a free agent this year. I don't think. Not that I know. Of, um, so. I'm worried that they're going to pay Chris Middleton a ton of money, but that's you know that's, that's Milwaukee fans' problem. <laughs> um, how do they bounce back? How do the Bucks and Giannis bounce back? Because it's a combination, but it's real, how do they bounce back? So going back to Giannis and just leaving the yeah. the press conference, I get it. He's a he's a new up and coming superstar. Yeah. But you're gonna you're gonna win the MVP, and no matter who's guarding you in this series, no matter if it's Kawhi, he's not the MVP. He's not in the running for MVP. I mm-hmm. get he's great defensively, but you're supposed to, you're supposed to win this MVP. Right. You're supposed to be the more dominant player. Right. For sure. And when there's a difference when LeBron puts 50 up in game one and they lose, and he says, "That's on me. That's on us. Right. We, we exactly. should have won that. Right. And when you put up 10 points. And then you stand up and leave. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it's like, like it makes it look even worse. Yeah, right. You you can't right. cry and mope about it, and then and then when you're actually playing, you do nothing. Yeah. Regardless of Kawhi's guarding you, you're you're mm-hmm. two times as big as him. Right. And it's you. Like, and I also think too. I think the I think Toronto, they just look like they wanted it more. Honestly, yeah. like in all honesty, right? I just felt like I think the Bucks, Kawhi willed them a little bit. No doubt. The Bucks like fed into. Yeah, you guys are probably gonna win this right. way too much. Where they're like, we could like kind of sag off and do right. whatever. They're gonna win like, one in Toronto. We yeah. knew that, you know, and then in team two. And then oh my gosh, they just beat us in Milwaukee now. Oh yeah. crap! Now we're yeah, they almost they almost like started playing game just in game six. Yeah, not even the first five games. Mm-hmm. And if they would have played hard out through the whole thing, they probably would win it in five. Right. Well, it's almost like yeah. this. But anyway, go ahead. Keep and, yeah. and and the who did they play in the last series? I forgot who they played. Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, they played the Celtics. Yeah, Celtics. So yeah. 
when, lost in five or whatever. Yeah, when they lost, when they lost game one, he or says, seven, we're going to come back, we're going to play stronger. And they did. Right, and, for sure. And, they responded. Yeah, they responded. And he said the same thing after they lost two to Toronto. And he said, we're going to come back, we're going we're gonna to dominate. And then when you do nothing about it, and you go, and then you just get up and leave, you know how, like, you're going to win the MVP, but you're going to look awful. Right. Like, I, I don't think, too, I think you have a responsibility as a professional athlete, especially as high profile. And now, it's not talking about him as a person, right? I think he's a nice person. Well, I, awesome. I mean, like, off the court and everything. But you have a responsibility as a ambassador of the league, because you are going to be the MVP more, more than likely, that to show proper sportsmanship. You know what I mean? It's it. This is no longer an era where you can swear on camera. People are like, yeah, I get behind that. It's not like that anymore. It's a, you need to, you need to show an example of, I lost. I need to accept that, right? Like, you know, we're always going to bring up LeBron here because LeBron is the sterling example of, of what a superstar has to be in a lot of cases. Not that he's not a, probably an a-hole in real life because I think he is a little bit. But at the same time, I think he's at least embraces the fact that when he messes up, he sucks, he sucks it up and he goes, yeah, it's on me. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what that he needed to do here. Yeah. He needed to go... I didn't, play good I, I didn't play good enough. Do you think that they should change... And I'm talking about all yeah, sports sure. in totality... That maybe you should do a post game, like not even yeah, a post game, like wait a day to do yeah. an interview with them because, like, tell me that, like, yeah. you lose, like, if you're the Sixers yeah. and you lose in a buzzer beater in game seven, yeah. and then right at like minutes after you have to go to a press conference, right? And, and you get a whole bunch media, of guys asking, so what happened? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> and you're like, he made a shot that yeah. was a lucky shot. Honestly, that like, might not be a bad idea. Like, for like sure. moving, like, mm-hmm. if the Bucks had, if Giannis had a day to like rest and to think about, like, like what do I have to say and stuff, and then going into the next the day after press conference, I call. feel like yeah, it, you know, it, it helps superstars and it just helps everyone out with their answering and stuff. Yeah, because it's sure. like lose like Cam Newton losing the Super Bowl, how yeah. he did and stuff, and then just like five minutes, hey, you have a press conference to go to right now. Right, it just kind of like I get it. It's hard I to do. just walk in. I understand, like, you know, but I think a perfect example of somebody who handled that with class and he annoys the hell out of me is Sean McVay. Sean McVay oh, went yeah. in there and he went, I got out coached. They yeah. were better than us, right? And I can pinpoint, I can tell you exactly what happened, mm-hmm. right? He was bummed out about it, no doubt, right? But yeah. I thought he is the perfect example of somebody yeah. who handled it the right way. Yeah. And he, and it's like, you know what? I get it. Even you know like a mean? Pete Carroll after yes. he threw that pick, that, like, the interception, he that was, was like, the call. He was like, we yeah. tried it and yeah. stuff. But like, if so you give him a call. day to like let it sink in and stuff, right. then maybe you get yeah. better answers yeah. or for sure. whatever. All right, let's shift out from beating up Giannis for a second there. Congrats on the MVP, by the way. I'm sure you're going to be yeah. cool looking. Hate that trophy, but it's fine. Um, I want to talk Lions here just just for a second here. Both Darius Slay and Snacks Harrison, um, they have not been at OTAs. They were not at OTAs last week or the week before that. Um, they've yet to report. It's not a huge deal. They're all voluntary, obviously, yeah. right? Uh, Snacks wants a new deal. He's already approached Detroit about getting a new deal. Slay has two. They both have two years left on their contracts, respectively. I just want to talk about this real briefly here. A should they should the Lions be motivated to lock up both sides or both guys and two what 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 are the numbers right do you want to see a two-year extension five-year extension what do you what do you want to see from both these guys slay is around 28 years old uh snacks is going to be 30 i think coming in or 20 and 30 at this point like i said they both still have two years left this is the new way of the nfl where it's a sooner like i want i want to get my extension done before my last year of my contract which i don't necessarily hate I would wish they would show up still, but I understand at the same point, you got to make the most money as you can. Michael, I just want to start with you real quick. Just give me, um, should they extend them both? And two, what, what kind of numbers are we? What kind of numbers do you want to see? I think Darius is 
a bigger need for them to mm-hmm. keep on on their uh, on their path on their path than Snacks is. Mm-hmm. I think you really have invested your D line a lot. So if you didn't, I think it's like not the end of the world if you didn't get Snacks Harrison back. Right. However, I think Darius Slay being twenty eight wanting an extension. Mm-hmm. I think um, okay, they plays, still have two years. That's yeah, what, he does. One he does have two years. Still two years on both deals currently, right yes. now, this year so, and next year. But you're ending so hypothetically, yes. your contract ends for Slay at thirty. Mm-hmm. Um. How much production can you get in three to four years after thirty right. as a corner? Right, I and agree that's with you. that, I agree that's with the you. biggest question because Richard Sherman mm-hmm. is over here getting a little older, and mm-hmm. you see him start deteriorating at about 30, 31 ish. Yeah. He was cut, and um, all this stuff. So now you're looking at Darius Slay, and you're going, you know, he's almost show like last year wasn't his best year either, mm-hmm. where he almost looked like he was showing signs of decay already, mm-hmm. and that's very nervous if you're the Lions fan as. Right. Maybe you don't want to extend him right now mm-hmm. because you want to see how this year holds up, and if he starts declining even more, right? Do you want? To it's extend? the risk, right? You know it's an I mean? absolute like, risk. It's it's a risk to have that, right? So, I mean, so are you saying you'd rather have Slay? What you want, like a two year extension? So he's I would go. I would, I would go two year, have four total more years with right. him. He gets up to about thirty two, right? And then at that point, you can make the decision. So well, why they? I would think they would do that. Is there's a raise? Two that comes along with it, so I think that you bump him up to around thirteen, fourteen million dollars a year, which would get him right around the seventh ranked corner, highest paid corner in the league, I would think, right now, um, as it stands right now, which is what he was at the end of the year. Snacks, um, same thing. So Kyle, same question: Is if there's a guy like you'd rather have Snacks or Slay, right, or should they just extend both? And then give me, you know, how many more years you'd like to see them extended, if at all. Uh, I think with Darius Slay, I wouldn't have a problem like mm-hmm. right now extending him with a like a two-year contract. Like Michael said, you obviously are seeing like some deteriorating. It wouldn't be bad to to wait this year to see how he how he how he performs this year, right. and then seeing if you should extend him or not. But I feel like the one who you should really wait to see is Snacks. Yeah. I know he's still like a force, but he's really gonna get there up in age. And to to in two years, are you really gonna want to extend him if yeah. he starts declining then? So I feel like I don't have a problem with extending Darius Slay now. I should wait mm-hmm. for Snacks, see how he performs this year. Mm-hmm. If they still have that, if he's still good on that D line, then right. I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem extending right. him. For I, I think I'm either. glad that they're opening the conversations now. Right, it's obviously a risk where if if he's not there, you know, you, there's there could be some problems. But with that being said, I agree with you. I think Slay is a more pressing. However, Snacks does change that defense, and it does change how they operate. He's the Vince Wilfork of this defense. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them extend both of them, mm-hmm. you know, at least another year, maybe another two years, right? Give them a b- bit of a raise in between there and, and kind of roll with it, right? As long as it does not impact the team in order to, to improve the team years from, years from now, that's the importance yeah. of it, right? So that's the... That's the important part of it, all right? So that's going to be it for us. This is episode 26 of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. For the Merc Zone, for the man Kyle Budzanowski, I am the host, the Mouth of Michigan, Ron Bedeka. We will see you guys as always next time. I'll edit it out.